Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. My name is Christian, and today I want to take you through our 2020 free agent period preview, talking about all of the free agent players this year, where they might go, if they end up staying, and what's going to happen with their careers. So I'm uh, really excited about that. One of the reasons we want to do this video is because it looks like it's going to be a really crazy offseason. Um, who knows? I think a lot of things could change. A lot of players could end up just choosing to stay with their current teams. Um, but if some players, some shocking guys we're going to talk about could possibly move around we could really shake up the NFL this year and see uh, really an NFL that we haven't seen before I think that'd be a lot of fun and quite honestly I'm just hoping for chaos but I'd love to hear from you guys and what you're hoping because of course I'm gonna spend this whole video talking about what will happen what I think will happen and and of course what I want to happen so I always leave you guys up to go in the comment section down below and tell me which free agent players you want where later on I'm gonna be discussing my one free agent pick if I could have any guy go to any team in the NFL who would that be and where would he go? I'm going to discuss that later, but first I want to hear from you guys in the comments about what kind of is your dream free agent move. Um, but again, let's not waste too much time. There will be timestamps down in the description with every player that we're going to be talking about and when we're going to be talking about them. Um, but let's just get right into it and talk about our first guy. And you know, ultimately, how could we not start off talking about Tom Brady? This guy is... First of all, had an unbelievable career. There is no doubting that. And really, the Patriots have dominated year after year after year. So whether you're a Patriots fan hoping to kind of come back after a 2019-2020 season that really ended in disappointment versus the Titans, or uh, maybe you're a Dolphins or a Bills fan, or maybe you're just a fan of every other team in the league and you just want to see the Patriots dynasty finally crumble, uh, you've got a lot riding on this. And you're probably hoping that Tom Brady is going to retire or something like that. So let's talk about the possibilities of what Tom Brady could do. He could retire, he could stay with the Patriots, and he could go with another team. I'm going to save some time right now and just say he's not going to retire. This guy's really competitive and he's not going to let his sort of how people know him and his status and his career um, really end on such a bad note and really kind of an awful game versus the Titans. I don't think he's going to let that happen. So I think we look forward to um, he's going to play. He definitely seems like he's going to play. And I think he really confirmed that with that funny Hulu commercial where he's kind of alluding to him retiring. And then, of course, it's just about Hulu. Uh, but ultimately, uh, that's what we're discussing is, uh, is he signed with the Patriots or not? Ultimately, I'm going to say yes. I think he's going to sign with the Patriots. I give him about an 80% chance of staying in New England. Uh, reasons for that being, this guy wants to compete, right? When we begin to break this down and talk about this, I've been hearing a lot of reports about how much money he could make and where he could go and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. I mean, the dude's been playing in the NFL for like 20 years now. He's made enough money. He's got commercials and ad revenue. I think his wife is a supermodel. I mean, money is not a problem for this guy, right? It's not a concern. He's not worried about it. Uh, what he is worried about and thinking about is probably, again, going back to how is he going to be remembered? He wants to finish as the greatest player of all time, and of course he does. Good for him. What's it going to take to do that? I think it's going to take at least one more good season. Of course, I think he could probably cut it off now and be considered the greatest player of all time. But there's always be that little question mark, that little asterisk on his career of, hey, look at what happened at the end. Um, and he doesn't want to kind of have that looming over him. And so ultimately, he's doing what's best for winning another Super Bowl. For me, that means probably returning to the New England Patriots. Um, if you did happen to watch our Tom Brady video from a couple of weeks or about a month ago, we talked about how they were actually really close. They've got a stud defense and their offense isn't great, um, but you could, they could simply make some improvements. Go out and sign some offensive linemen, sign a wide receiver or a tight end. You just get a few other pieces in here 
and of course lean on their defense which is probably um, one of if not the best defense in the NFL again I've been hearing a lot of reports about him possibly making you know 30 million dollars on a one-year contract I really don't see that happening um, let's break down some of the uh, the New England financial situation actually I'd love to talk about that so right now the Patriots have 45.5 million dollars in cap space and while that sounds like a lot if 30 of it goes to Tom Brady suddenly they only have 15 million left to give guys who are going to, you know, ask for eight, nine, ten million dollars a year plus signing bonuses? That's probably not going to happen. When we do consider the fact that they still have to sign Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Devin McCourty, they have got things that they need to do if they even want to get their roster back. Let alone go out there and sign some extra studs to help boost Tom Brady's value. So. I'm honestly expecting there's a good chance that he re-signs with the Patriots, but he's probably going to do it at discount. I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but a 15 to $20 million contract would be huge for the Patriots. If he signed just for, for just $15 million, they'd have $30 million. They still probably wouldn't be able to sign all three of those guys, Jamie Collins, McCourty, and Kyle Van Noy, and make an addition, but they could probably sign two of them and go out there and get an extra weapon for Brady, which is, of course, what he wants. However... If and ultimately we've been talking about this. There's been a lot of news, and in fact, Tom Brady has seemed like he um, has been a little bit more public about everything going on. And I think um, that a lot of that is a way for him to kind of motivate the Patriots. I think he's you know really showing this front of hey I'll leave because I think he wants the Patriots to get him some weapons. And if that doesn't happen, which we'll talk about in a second, um, I think he leaves. And so ultimately, what we need to do is assess how that looks out. Going forward, what we know is that the free agent period starts March 13th and free agent talk where teams can begin to discuss with these free agents. They can't sign them, but they can begin that conversation starts two days before that on March 11th. If Tom Brady is going to stay with the Patriots, I'm going to be willing to bet you that he signs with them before the free agent period starts. The reason for that being, if you're Tom Brady and you want to go out there and convince the Patriots to get some weapons and to get you some help, I think he's going to sign before that because he's got to take his pay cut and tell them what he wants. Um, because honestly, for the Patriots to be managing Tom Brady and Van Noy and Jamie Collins and all these different guys, plus this additional player that they are going to try to bring in to improve their offense, um, that's a lot to balance. Tom Brady would be very smart um, to sign before the free agent period if that's his goal and his ultimate desire. He also probably has the desire to leave. Um, quite honestly, that doesn't look like the perfect situation for him. Again, I see a very high likelihood where he stays in New England, um, but I also could see if he does enter the free agent market, right? If we come March 13th and Tom Brady is not owned by the New England Patriots, I'm, I'm going to bump this from 80% to probably about 50-50 of him leaving or staying, and maybe even more than that, of course, as we begin to hear uh, new news and pieces of information. But for me, I would take a look at the Oakland Raiders. They have $54.9 million in cap space. That happens to be 10th most in the NFL. However, they could free up, I believe, an additional $16 million by releasing Derek Carr. Of course, they haven't been terribly happy with Derek Carr's play, and if you have Tom Brady, then you don't need Derek Carr. That bumps them up to $70 million in cap space, enough to not only sign Brady, but also get him some extra weapons. Keep in mind, they've probably got a little bit better offensive line than the Patriots did last year. The Patriots had some injuries, but oh well. They've also got a young stud in Hunter Renfro, a nice tight end in Darren Waller. All in all, if he leaves, I have to feel like the Raiders is the situation and the place for him to go to. But we've talked long enough about Tom Brady, and I've been far too long-winded, so let's move on.
Now we come to Drew Brees. I'm actually going to give Drew Brees a 99% chance in, of staying in New Orleans. I think he has a better chance of staying with the Saints than Tom Brady does with the Patriots. The reason for that being, um, I think he's a real family guy. I don't think he wants to move, and I think he wants to continue to win there. They've got weapons. Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers in the NFL, Kamara and Murray and uh, Jared Cook. They've got talent. There's no question about the talent. And so simply, he just wants to come back for another year. And of course, he doesn't want to shake up his family life. And of course, we know this. He's confirmed this. He said when talking about him signing with the Saints again, he said it's not a matter of if it gets done. It's a matter of when. That right there is pretty closed case. The only reason I give him that 1% chance of leaving is that the New Orleans Saints have just $9.6 million in cap space. They're going to need to free up cap space if they're going to sign Drew Brees because I tell you what, he's not taking $9 million a year. Um, so they're going to work that out. They're going to figure that out. I've got no concerns. I don't even think there's anything to talk here. So I'm just going to cut it off here. Do you think I'm wrong? Um, if you do, tell me in the comments below. But I see no reason for him to want to leave the Saints right now. Things are looking pretty good down there. All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott now. He's a really interesting case. Uh, I would give him a 90% chance of staying in Dallas. I think he loves being a cowboy, and the Cowboys love having him. Then you know what? Um, there's a lot to like there. He's got some good weapons in Amari Cooper, who will be a free agent. So that, of course, is going to really um, shake some things up. I'd love to see how that's going to work out. Here's what we know right now. The Dallas Cowboys have $77 million free in cap space. However, that's not as much as it sounds like. They have to re-sign Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Robert Quinn, Byron Jones, Malik Collins, as well as a total of 25 unrestricted free agents before. I mean, that's that's just how many guys they have to resign. So 77 million sounds like a lot, but it's actually not nearly as much money as you would think. Yes, they still have more money to work with than the Minnesota Vikings, who are completely cap-strapped as can be, um, but I don't think it's quite as much as people would expect. And that's where this comes into a minor issue. Not a major issue, but we do want to monitor the talk between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Remember that Dak Prescott rejected a $33 million a year contract with the Cowboys, I believe back in September. It's very clear that he wants a lot of money. I'm not exactly sure what he wants. Of course, $33 million would be absolutely insane. So again, there's a lot of question marks here and there about everything going on. Um, uh, but it is interesting. He's a guy who, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but I don't necessarily think he deserves $33 million a year. So for me, the one thing that stops him from signing with the Cowboys again is kind of just him being a diva. Honestly, if I... If, if I was offered that much money, I'd take it. And, yeah, of course, I'm not him, and I'd never be able to play at that level. But there are a lot of quarterbacks who are playing at or near the Dak Prescott level for a heck of a lot less than $33 million a year. He's asking for money in the sort of Russell Wilson range. And while he's a good quarterback, I don't think he's as good as Russell Wilson. That, for me, is a stretch. So I'm going to give him a 90% chance of staying. I think his chance of leaving goes up. I think he's more likely to leave if Amari Cooper does not resign. So for me, the biggest thing that I'm monitoring is do they resign Amari Cooper, yes or no, and for how much money? If they resign Amari Cooper for cheap, then there's a very, very high likelihood that they're going to sign Dak Prescott. Though, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dak Prescott go back and take a contract worth similar or even less than that $33 million a year. I think there's very, very... Uh, real possibility that he looks back and realizes I just need to take whatever contract I can get. Honestly, if I were him, he probably should have just taken that $33 million a year. But let's move on and talk about our next quarterback. 
All right, it's time to talk about Ryan Tannehill. This is a really interesting one I'm really excited about. I give him an 85 to 90% chance of re-signing with the Titans. Um, I should clarify that if I say 89 to 90% chance, that pretty much means I think it's pretty darn certain. It's very rare for me to give it 100% chance. Even Drew Brees didn't get 100% chance to sign again with the Saints, even though there's no reason not to. Uh, so I say 90% don't think that I think he's going to go anywhere else. He's going to stay in Tennessee, and there are so many reasons for that. He led the NFL in pass rating with a pass rating of 117, as well as the Titans offense averaged more yards per play than any other team from week 10 onward. They were dominant. They were 2-4 and four before Tannehill and 9-4 and four with him, as well as going through the playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or I believe that includes his playoffs as well as two of those being some really solid playoff wins. Excuse me. Um, and I really don't think that was a fluke. It's funny. There are a few guys that I have identified in college and just been like, bam, that guy, I like him. Kirk Cousins was one of them. The other guy was Ryan Tannehill. And so it was always really depressing for me watching him in Miami. Just everything stunk down there and it was awful. And now he's playing for Tennessee. And I feel so justified. I feel so great because for so long I felt like I was completely wrong on my predictions of Tannehill. And now we just know it's because Miami sucks. <laughs> um, but in all reality, Miami's turning things around. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit later. But the Titans have $50.7 million in cap space. That's the 12th most cap space in the NFL. They certainly have the money to sign him. And Tannehill seems like a really chill dude. Um, I don't think he's going to be the Dak Prescott we just talked about. I don't think he's looking for $30 million a year. Um, he's probably going to get more than $20 million a year. I'd be willing to bet that. I'm going to go in that sort of $25, $26 million per year range as my estimate. But they still have more than enough to sign him for that. I've got A.J. Brown as a weapon. Of course, if you guys watch our channel, you know I love Johnny Smith at tight end. And, of course, Derrick Henry, who still needs to be signed by them. But we'll talk about that later. He is one of those guys who is likely to be signed before the free agent period starts. So I would absolutely uh, take a look at – or excuse me. I would absolutely expect that to happen. Uh, not a whole lot to say here. That's my expectations. And I think you guys would probably expect the same thing. But let's move on and talk about our next quarterback. So now we got Philip Rivers, and quite honestly, he's not going to be playing for the Chargers next year. I give him a very, very low chance of that happening. It seems very clear. We've been seeing the writing on the wall for probably about a month or over a month now, going back to when he moved his family back to Florida, moved back to Florida to be closer to his family, excuse me. Of course, that's a really big testament. When you, you know, pick up, sell your house and move all of your kids and everything, and you just, boom, you go to Florida, like that's a pretty big sign. Um, I think the Chargers seemed very disappointed in him last season, and of course, he didn't play very well. Um, however, we do know a few things. One, he definitely is going to play. He said, I plan to play, fo play football, so yes. Uh, whether, you know, when that's going to be sorted out in the next few months, he said he doesn't know. Um, but I love what he said. He seems like a really humble guy. He seems like a great guy. He says, I'm thankful for the 16 years I've had, and if there's another, I'll be thankful for that. He definitely wants to play football. He's really from this generation of Tom Brady, Drew Brees sort of guys where they just like, that's their life, man. I don't think they want to leave. And we've even talked about that in the past on this channel, like uh, depression rates after guys retire from the NFL is a lot because like, it's just their lives. They live and breathe football. But anyways, we know he wants to play. And I tell you what, I I'm probably not going to bring him in to be my starter for almost any team. As I begin to look through this and list off teams he could end up at, I don't see a whole lot of teams because quite honestly, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Phillip Rivers. However, he's sixth all-time in passing yards, sixth all-time in passing touchdowns, and 10th all-time in passer rating. That's pretty good. I mean, if you like, this seems like a perfect time to say, you know what, we're going to sign you for cheap. 
you're probably going to be our backup, but you're going to mentor our quarterback. You know, if you're going to go out there and be the Bengals and draft Joe Burrow, right, or whoever he ends up with, you're going to draft Tua or whatever, you've got this rookie quarterback that's rough around the edges and needs development. Philip Rivers is absolutely one of those guys to bring in. He's not going to cause drama. If your rookie sucks, you can start Philip Rivers. He's going to teach your guy. He's going to improve your guy, and he's going to give you two quarterback options. Your young potential stud and the old guy, right? I mean, we always see it every year. It's nice to have two QBs. Of course, we saw what the Eagles did with their backup, but that's ultimately what I expect from him. A team with a young quarterback that needs developing is probably going to pick him up. Quite honestly, this sounds crazy, but I'd love to see him go uh, to the Arizona Cardinals and mentor Kyler Murray because I like Kyler Murray, but he looked rough at the end of last season. He started great. I think he really struggled near the end, and I'd love to see him get some development from a real veteran. Well, now we get to talk about Jameis Winston, reading off some of his stats here, 33 touchdowns to 30 picks, 8.2 yards per attempt. That was fifth best in the NFL. However, he did have just a 60% completion percentage and a passer rating that was 29th in the NFL. As a whole, he struggled. Uh, I'd say this, he had some highs, he had some lows, but he really shouldn't have had those lows. With weapons like Chris Godwin, Brashad Perryman, Mike Evans, he had some real studs and he was throwing the ball a lot. For me, he didn't perform very well. And quite honestly, I think a lot of teams and a lot of people are overrating Jameis Winston. Funny that I should say that because I played him a lot in fantasy this year because he was a good fantasy option. But we've always said there's a difference between being a good quarterback and being a good fantasy quarterback. Ultimately, when we begin to look for teams and places that he could end up, I see places like the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Bears, and uh, you know he could resign to the Bucks. Those are the teams that we're looking at. He could resign with the Bears, as I think even if they want to roll with Mitchell Trubisky, they need to get him some competition. Somebody is stepping there to make plays and show Mitchell Trubisky that he needs to play better. That's a message they absolutely need to send to him. The Jaguars, um, with everything going on, that's a very real likelihood that you know they could be looking for a quarterback because I don't think they're terribly happy with their options, though there have been some reports that Nick Foles could get traded to the Bears. That would, of course, clear room for the Jaguars to get Jameis Winston. I also think that he could go to the Redskins. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was not the quarterback that they were expecting. He reminds me of Josh Rosen in that, quite honestly, a lot of rookies come in and then they struggle and we say, let's give him another year. I don't know if we necessarily need to give him another year to know that he is not the future of that team. Um, we also look at, uh, excuse me, where my list go? There we go. The Dolphins. The Dolphins are another team. The Dolphins have so many uh, additions that they need to make, but they don't have the number one pick, right? You're probably not going to get Joe Burrow. So maybe you go out there and you improve your offensive line. You improve your defense. You get a running back. They need a running back. And you just buy yourself some time, buy yourself a year or two with Jameis Winston until you're able to see that quarterback prospect that you like. Because I don't know right now if they're necessarily sitting back saying, we like where we're at and we're confident we're going to get the quarterback of the future. Um, but again, this is a pretty interesting situation. I'm not a huge fan with him and that's the ultimate problem. He's not a rookie with huge potential. He's not a stud veteran. It's a really confusing situation to be in, and I feel like oh, that's really what's marked this year for quarterbacks a lot, which is quarterbacks who are either old and going to re-sign with their team or younger, but clearly not Super Bowl potential or Super Bowl worthy. 
Well, it's time to talk about Teddy Bridgewater. I like this guy. Um, I'm going to give him a 30% chance of staying in New Orleans. My reasoning for that being is that, of course, we already talked about it. They've got just $9.6 million in cap space, and they still have to sign Drew Brees. So cap-wise, that's not looking great. He could sign there for, you know, uh, just cheap next to nothing, but I don't necessarily see that being something he's going to want to do, especially when you consider, and we've heard a lot of talk recently this offseason um, uh, where they've been discussing Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill believes he's the future franchise quarterback of the Saints, and I believe a lot of people believe that. I don't know if that's what the Saints believe as they haven't spoken to it, but it's certainly a real possibility. And for me, I have a hard time seeing him take next to no money to be a backup for now and also a backup later. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like a great fit. He's also just 27 years old. Keep in mind, Tom Brady's like over 40. Um, and so he's definitely got time to be the face of a franchise, to win Super Bowls, to dominate, to win multiple divisions. Like he has got time. It's not time to hit the panic button. He's not old. He's still really young for quarterbacks. And so for me, I'd love to see him go place like the Broncos, maybe the Bears or the Raiders. He could replace Jameis Winston for the Buccaneers or the Chargers. There are so many great options for him. He is the wild card for me because he could go anywhere. If I'm the Dolphins, I want him. Bears, I want him. Jaguars, I want him. Broncos, Chargers, Bucks, Raiders, you name it. If you're looking for a young quarterback, this is the guy to go after. And again, he is still young. I don't, I don't care what you want to say about him. Brandon Whedon was drafted by the Browns at 28 years old or older. I don't exactly know how old he was. I know he was definitely older than Bridgewater is now. So that is certainly a testament to that. Um, I'd love to see him go to the Raiders, right? The Raiders are unhappy with Derek Carr and I don't love their chances of getting Tom Brady. He also fits the system. When we look back and I begin to break down the film and talk about the Oakland Raiders offense, they love to ground and pound. They love an efficient offense. They're going to run the ball, run the ball. They're going to hit you on five-yard slants, two-yard slants, drag routes, curl routes. Like They are not trying to stretch the field, make super explosive plays. They're a very one step at a time. Um, what is they say, you know, death by a thousand cuts, so to speak. That's their offense. And go back. Watch Teddy Bridgewater. That's what he did. He was so good at that for the Saints. He made the plays he needed to make. He didn't screw up. He didn't do anything flashy or big or fantastic. He just got the ball to his wideouts. They just moved the chains one step at a time, and they won games. And that right there feels like he is a perfect blueprint textbook fit for the Raiders. So that is kind of where I want to see him go. Um, but that's just me. I'm curious as to what you guys think. All right, Derrick Henry is going to start us off with our free agent running backs. As of right now, he's set to be a free agent. And again, you guys should know um, when we're recording this because a lot of these guys are probably going to sign before the free agent period starts and ultimately never officially be a free agent. Derrick Henry is one of those guys. He was so dominant. He's coming off a career year of over 1,700 yards and 18 total touchdowns for the Titans. They would be completely and utterly foolish not to sign him. It's that straightforward and it's that obvious to the point where I'm not even going to talk about what other teams he could go to because he won't. A few things to mention though. They have 57 or $50.7 million in cap space and they'll be signing Ryan Tannehill. So ultimately, as we begin to look at over all the numbers, for me, I'm expecting Derrick Henry to make a contract, um, probably make somewhere between 13 to $16 million this year. Um, he's a great running back, though we have seen situations like the Le'Veon Bell situation or the Todd Gurley situation where um, 
overpaying for a running back has clearly been a problem for a couple of teams. But anyways, he's been so dominant. He's coming off that three-game stretch where he went over 180 yards, two of those in the playoffs. Um, in all three of those games, he was so great. Um, there's no reason that he is not going to be in Tennessee at this point. Uh, you got to love Derrick Henry. And like I said, he's going to play there. That much is for sure. Now we got Melvin Gordon. He is set to be a free agent once the free agency period starts. However, um, I think he's probably going to end up signing with the Chargers. I give him an 85% chance to be a Charger. This seems very weird for a guy who held out and missed half the season. I think a lot of you were probably sitting here wondering why I think that or why I'm saying that. I think a lot of people looking back on that are expecting him to leave. However, he himself said, uh, hopefully I'm here and hopefully I don't have to wait till March to know where I'll be playing. So he's made it clear he wants to play for the Chargers. For him, it's not a problem of wanting to play there. It's a problem of wanting money. Of course, that was ultimately what we saw with the whole um, he is 26 years old to note this is a guy who feels like he's been a stud running back for quite a few years now but he is still young so there is really there is still incentive for them to sign him for more than just a one or two year contract the Chargers have 48.7 million dollars in cap space and they absolutely need a running back here's what's key where they're at I believe they pick sixth at this point I think they have the sixth pick in the draft and could very likely get a guy like Joe Burrow I know there's a lot of been rumors even about the Bengals trading out or maybe they don't get Joe Burrow but maybe they get two or whatever it might be there's a very high likelihood that the Chargers get a young quarterback and if they have a young quarterback they absolutely need to get this running back, to get Melvin Gordon, and they've got the cap space to do it. And again, if you've got this immature rookie coming in there, or maybe a quarterback that you don't necessarily trust, who's young, say even you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater, but I could absolutely see signing Teddy Bridgewater, but having some caution about it and saying, we need our running game to be studly. We need our running game to be great. So they're going to keep Melvin Gordon for sure. I mean, if they can afford to do it, they're going to do it. And I don't see a reason that they won't be able to afford to. So yeah, I, I definitely think Melvin Gordon is the guy. However, if he does go somewhere else, teams to look at are the Lions, Dolphins, Bucks, and Patriots. That's really interesting. So of course, the Lions, pretty good offense with Stafford. They've got quite a few good wide receivers. They've got some weapons. They just don't have a running back. Kerryon Johnson will be coming back. Um, that's the reason I'm going to say he's not a super likely option, but he does make this list as sort of an honorable mention. The Dolphins need a running back for sure. Um, the one concern with that being how much money do they want to pay a running back when they probably don't think they can win a Super Bowl? How much do you go all in, all in on this guy and how much cap space do you spend when you're not 100% certain that that's going to happen? You know what I mean? The Buccaneers need a running back, but again, where's their quarterback situation at? They've got a great passing attack and they need to improve their offensive line. They need to improve their their defense. I have a hard time seeing them put too much money into this. So ultimately, I do see him going back to the Chargers. Um, I would love to see him play for the Patriots, and this would feed into that Tom Brady thing where he's going to want some weapons, though ultimately they can't afford it. So again, when we look at some of his best fits and some of his best possibilities, they're not really that great. And in the end, I have to say he's probably going to stay there playing with the Chargers. I almost said stay in San Diego. I don't know why I cannot kick that. I don't like that they moved. Um, I grew up all my life then playing in San Diego. Why'd you have to move? But uh, let's talk about our next running back. So now we've got Jordan Howard. The first thing that's interesting about Jordan Howard is he didn't necessarily, he, he's kind of been on the low end. I don't think he, he's not Derrick Henry level. He's not even Melvin Gordon level, but I would call him a mid-tier running back. While I love to sign what I would call um, studs, these absolute, you know, kind of star level players in Melvin Gordon, if you can't get them, Jordan Howard might be a guy to sign. 
Now, he is actually just 25 years old. He's still super young, and he's got something to offer your team. However, it is important to note that he is one-dimensional. Um, he is not a guy who's going to do a lot in the passing game, and he is never going to be an elite back. So he's going to probably get signed, but only signed in the right situation. So here's what we're looking at right now. For starters, he could end up playing for the Chargers. If Melvin Gordon leaves, this could be a replacement, a solid ground gain option to keep their running game solid. And of course, they've got Austin Eckler. So now they've got their one-two punch. That could be a very interesting situation if the Chargers choose not to throw a lot of money towards Melvin Gordon's way. However, I think that'll probably happen. So we're looking at teams like the Lions, the Dolphins, Patriots, Bucks, Bills, Broncos, Texans, and Redskins. Now, um, I don't think the Redskins are very likely. I don't necessarily think the Texans are very likely. The teams I want to note are the Bills, the Broncos are the two that I really want to talk about because um, ultimately the Bills and the Broncos have two good running backs. Philip Lindsay and Devin Singletary, they can get the job done. Um, but they're very, they're lighter backs. They're good in the passing game. They're quicker, but they're not bruisers. They're not between the tackle guys. And it'd be love to, I think a lot of the, the two of those teams, excuse me, oh my goodness. I think they'd love to just get a guy in there who can, you know, take that ball, hit kind of hard and it just keep moving. Uh, there is certainly a chance that the Eagles re-sign him. I give it about a one in four chance that that happens. Um, they've got a lot to worry about. They need to go out and add a wide receiver. We'll talk about that more later. But ultimately, for me, the two biggest team fits are the Bills and the Broncos. We'll see if that ends up happening. Probably won't, but again, I'd like to see him play for the Bills. I think that'd be a fairly solid team fit, and I know they have the money to do it which is also important to note, uh, Jordan Howard is not going to get a mega contract. So that's not something to consider too much with these teams as far as their likelihood of getting him. It's mostly a fit sort of thing as, whereas, as far as, you know, how is he going to be able to play into the roster and do they need him? Cardinals running back Kenyon Drake is also said to be a free agent. However, I have a really hard time believing that he is going to leave the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, and I'm just going to bring it up right now, I think he's got an 80% chance of staying a Cardinal. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say that the Cardinals are more likely to get rid of David Johnson than they are to get rid of Kenyon Drake. David Johnson underperformed last year and Drake proved how dominant he can be. And they've got the money to sign him. It's important to note they have $53 million in cap space. So they have the money to get whichever back they want. And, and when we talk about it, he is the last running back we're going to talk about on this list. With Derrick Henry almost 100% signing with the Titans, Melvin Gordon probably, you know, probably 85, 90% signing with the Chargers, your options are Jordan Howard or re-sign Kenyon Drake. I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake, and ultimately he was fantastic. In eight games with the Cardinals, he had eight touchdowns, 650 yards on over five yards per carry. He also had 28 catches, which would have been, I believe, 56 catches over a full 16-game span. He was really dominant, and he was ultimately the best running back there. They'd be stupid not to re-sign him. Though, again, I have to talk about him because he is currently marked as going to be a free agent. Though, like I said, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. He's one of those guys that the Cardinals absolutely need to sign as they continue to develop that offense with Kyler Murray. All right, so we get to kick off our wide receivers. Finally, feels like this has been a super long video. My apologies for that. But with Brashad Perryman as our first wide receiver, we're going to talk about. And this was the guy I was talking about earlier when I said if I could pick any one player and put him on that on any team and just see how it goes, that my dream pick is to have Brashad Perryman sign with the Philadelphia Eagles. I would just love that so much. And I'm not even an Eagles fan. I'm a bit of a Carson Wentz fan, though. I will admit that. 
That offense has, was so underrated last year. Carson Wentz was so effective. Miles Sanders is underrated. There's so much to like there that I would just love to see them go out and get their wide receiver. Of course, he's not going to re-sign with the Buccaneers, most likely. Of course, there's a small chance that happens. But is it really going to happen if he has to be the wide receiver three behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? I seriously don't think that's going to happen. So he is going to re-sign. Of course, like I mentioned, my number one pick is probably for him to go to the Eagles. The Eagles do have $40.9 million in cap space. And they are going to most likely lose Nelson Aguilar, as we'll talk about later, and Deshaun Jackson. Nelson Aguilar is probably going to go somewhere else in free agency as he was a bit of a disappointment, and I don't see a high likelihood of the Eagles wanting him back. Um, the other one being Deshaun Jackson, who is still struggling with some injuries, and I wonder what the odds are that he is going to be able to play, and even if he is at 100%, you'll get the point. They need a wide receiver. They just they do. It's that simple, and this is the guy. Now, I'm not going to break down the numbers too much. We've said it a million times this offseason, and we'll probably say it a million more. He's a first-round pick stud who absolutely dominated. The last five games of the season, he had five catches, 87 yards, three catches for 70 and a touchdown, five for one eight, five for 113 yards and three touchdowns, seven for 102 yards, five catches for 133 134 yards and a touchdown, excuse me. Uh, but he finished the year with three straight games over 100 yards. He also had, what, five touchdowns in those last five games. He was absolutely phenomenal. For me, he is the number one wide receiver this offseason that is going to be a free agent. Some other possible teams that he could end up playing with are the Colts, Bills, and, Bills, and Titans. The Colts, I think they need a wide receiver too. T.Y. Hilton is great. Uh, he's a good wide receiver, but I definitely think that they were lacking some in their passing game last year, and I think they'd love to go out and get another option. They also have a lot of cap space, so that's something to note. It's not just the needs. It's also the, the capability um, is that they've got the money to go out and get him. The Bills are a similar situation. I think they need um, – Cole Beasley was good. Uh, John Brown was good. I think they need a playmaker. I think they need a stud. I would love to see them sign. And then ultimately I'd like to see them sign – the Titans sign him. That's more of a what-I-want pick. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. The Titans do have over $50 million in cap space. But when you've got to sign your quarterback and your star running back, I have a hard time believing they have too much cap space left over. And, of course, they are a defensive-minded team. So I don't think they're going to get too heavily engaged on offense of moves this year if that makes any sense uh, now we got Amari Cooper. Um, I'm going to give him a 92% chance of re-signing with the Cowboys. Again, we'll probably look back at the start of free agent period, you know, March 13th and say, hey, he's not even a free agent right now. He probably will sign before that deadline, before that sort of time hits. But they got $77 million in cap space. And yes, they do have to sign Dak Prescott. Um, but I have a hard time believing that he's going to fall too far to the wayside, right? Um, they've got to re-sign a wide receiver, and this is what's really interesting. Uh, they also are going to lose Randall Cobb, leaving really um, Michael Gallup as their only wide receiver. They absolutely need this guy. He was a key component of that offense. He was a stud, and he is so, so important. They are not going to lose him. For me, the question isn't, is he going to resign? It's for how much is he going to resign? I'm expecting he'll probably make somewhere between probably 13, 15, maybe $16 million a year. Again, that's on the high end, but he did have a good year and he was a really important part of a team that has the money to give to him, right? If they can afford to, they're the Cowboys, they're a little extra, they probably will. 
You know, I'm honestly, guys, I'm really excited to see where AJ Green is going to go. AJ Green is 32 years old and he's is going to be 32 years old and he spent all of last year being banged up, being hurt. Yes, there's a lot of concern about his age and his, you know, his injury and everything like that, but he's he's such a stud. I mean, I'm not even you know what? I'm not even going to break down the numbers. Let's just be straightforward, guys. He is a great wide receiver. He's had a great career. Um and maybe we go into the 2020 season, watch AJ Green play and go, "Oh man, he is washed up." But is that a gamble you want to take? I think because of what happened last year, not playing in his age, he's probably going to take a fairly cheap contract. Not the cheapest contract, not dirt cheap, but he's not going to make what Amari Cooper makes. That much we know for sure. Um, and ultimately, he could go out there and have a really big impact on some teams. Uh, he's, what I like about him is he's a guy who's known for being a stud wide receiver. He can catch contested balls. He can play all over the field, all over the field as a wide receiver, a slot receiver, a whatever. Uh, he's a mature wide receiver, and he can do what he, you need him to do, and that's great. Um, teams I could see him going to are like the Colts, the Patriots. There's also been some talk that the Seahawks will sign him. Seahawks have $50 million in cap space. And while they do have two wide receivers, um, so I don't think a lot of people see that as a very likely option, um, I definitely think it could happen because ultimately you've got your deep guy, you've got your burner, and then you've got DK Metcalf. And DK Metcalf is a good wide receiver, but I think it'd be really nice to get that one more option of a wide receiver, that one more wide out, who isn't just sort of a deep speed sort of guy. Um, I think that would offer a lot of dependability to Russell Wilson I think that would be really nice and then again like I mentioned I don't expect he's going to be signing for a lot wherever he goes so Seattle is possible of course the Patriots need another wide receiver and I could very well see him going to the Colts that is another situation where the Colts are I think they're a pretty smart team I could see them spending a lot of money on their defense or a lot of money on their offensive line um, and probably trying to save some money at wide out ultimately uh, we don't know but again, I'm excited to see where he can go. And yeah, there's a good chance he's washed up and he sucks now, but there's also a good chance he can have a really solid impact on a team. He probably will never be a wide receiver one in fantasy again, um, but he's going to have an impact on whichever quarterback he plays for. And that's why it is, of course, it's still important to monitor where he goes. All right, now this video is already getting pretty long, so I'll try to go quickly here, and let's just talk about some additional wide receivers that maybe we don't need to spend a lot of time on, but should, which should certainly be mentioned. Uh, one of those guys is Robbie Anderson. Um, he's been a bit, a bit of a disappointment fantasy-wise, as he's been a sleeper uh, for many, many years and hasn't quite burst out. That being said, he's still at 92 targets, 50 catches, 5 touchdowns, and 15 yards per catch. He's still a solid mid-tier wideout for teams. He may not be a fantasy stud, but he offers value to teams as far as having a wide receiver who can stretch the field, not necessarily a number one, but a very uh, a guy who's good at what he specializes in, I guess is ultimately the way to say that. Other guys are Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's a little bit older, and you know I think he's still looking for a Super Bowl with how good the 49ers are. He even said it himself he loves the 49ers team in the organization. He is will be 33 next year. So ultimately, I think he is going to take a dime paycheck, very little money, and probably stay with San Francisco. Nelson Aguilar, as we mentioned earlier, very, very unlikely to remain with the Eagles. Sounds like the Eagles have been looking at guys like Demarcus Robinson and um, 
Rashad Perryman and a lot of other weapons to replace him. And so that could very well happen. I don't see the likelihood of playing for the Eagles very great. Um, he's still a mid-tier wide receiver as a you know solid wide receiver three that could come in and shore up your bench there, so to speak. And he could end up playing for maybe Seattle or possibly the Raiders. Um, I'm not too worried about it. I don't think he's ever going to have a massive fantasy impact, but we'll see where he ends up. And then uh, finally, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is interesting because, again, we go back to the Dallas Cowboys. They got $77 million in cap space, but they got to sign so many guys from Robert Quinn and Byron Jones and, we, you know, Dak Prescott and Murray Cooper. So there's a great chance that he does not end up playing there. Um, and, again, there are a lot of other teams. I would be curious to see if the Packers want him back. Because of course, they do need wide receiver. However, they're never huge in the free agent market. So I'm expecting that to possibly be another year where we see a very quiet Packers team. But who knows? Finally, we got a lot of tight ends to talk about, so let's move on. Or not a lot, but we've got a few guys with a lot of talent at the tight end position that, that we need to talk about. So let's go talk about them real quick. All right, guys, there are three key tight ends that we have to talk about that could end up being free agents and could possibly end up moving teams. Those guys are Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, and Hunter Henry. I'm going to give all of those guys a 75 or greater percent chance of staying with their current teams. For example, Austin Hooper, he's still just 25 years old, and I have a hard time imagining the Falcons are going to be okay letting him leave. I think they love their tight end. He is a super important part of their offense. However, they have just $5 million in cap space, and that for me is notable because it's going to be really hard to make contracts work, make additions, and improve their roster while Austin Hooper is there, and they still need to find a way to get enough money for him. And so I don't know if that's great. What I see right now is a team that has $38.8 million in cap space and needs a tight end. That is the Redskins. The Redskins are a real possibility for Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, or Austin Hooper. Again, um, the interesting thing with these three guys is all three of them are very likely to re-sign with their teams. But if one of them doesn't, that seriously shake th shakes things up. For example, we look at the Colts. They lean on their tight ends. They absolutely lean on their tight ends. And if they don't end up signing Eric Ebron, you can bet they're going to go out and get Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper. Like, I seriously doubt they're not going to, right? So I really see that happening. Again, if Ebron leaves, he could end up at the Colts, who have $87.5 million in cap space. So for me, Hooper could go to the Redskins, the Colts, or the Falcons respectively. And ultimately, I think Hooper is the number one target. And I have a feeling they're going to try to lock him up before free agency starts. It's all a matter of if they have the money that he is going to be asking for to do so. Hunter Henry is good. I don't think he's quite as good as Austin Hooper, but he's got a lot of talent. If Hooper leaves, the Falcons could possibly go after him. However, we come back to the same cap issue. Um, so again, the Redskins are probably going to be one of those teams that could go out and get one of those guys. And then, of course, Eric Ebron. I think he's super likely to re-sign with the Colts. And ultimately, there's probably a 75% chance that all three of these guys re-sign with their teams because it's a domino effect. If the Falcons manage to re-sign Austin Hooper, then then we look at a team like the Chargers, who they're probably sitting there thinking, okay, now we can't sign him. We can't afford to let our tight end go. And then, of course, Eric Ebron and the Colts are like, we can't afford to let Ebron go because there's no other guy to replace him with. So 
ultimately, I think it's really likely that those guys are going to stay. Though I do have to say right now, I'd love to see the Redskins get a guy. I'd love to see just some somebody get shaken up. I want to see these tight ends move around. I want to see stuff happen. Um, I love chaos. I love things to be a little bit crazy um, and unpredictable. I think I shine when things are unpredictable, when we don't know what's going to happen because it makes everyone uncomfortable. Um, I don't get uncomfortable. I just get happy. I just love watching things fall apart. Maybe that's because I'm a broken individual who needs help or um, maybe it's just because it's fun. And I think the unpredictability is really interesting. If we knew it was going to happen every season, it wouldn't be as fun. That's why people didn't enjoy watching basketball for the longest time because nobody wanted to watch the NBA playoffs when it was just going to be uh, the Golden State Warriors winning 4-0, 4-0, 4-0. There's the cup. Good for you or whatever. Um, but I will close out this video with probably 10 to 15 seconds. We will put up the cap spaces for every single NFL team. Um, and you can watch that and take a look at it.